Wash Podcast. I'm Aaron Berger, a Nebraska Extension Beef Educator. For today's Beef Watch Podcast, we will be discussing an article that Dr. Carla Wilkie wrote for the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter titled, Sugar Beet Pulp Shortage and Alternative Energy Sources for Beef Cattle. Thanks for joining me today, Dr. Wilkie. And thanks for having me, Aaron. Well, 2019 was a year of challenging weather across much of the state, and some of these challenging weather conditions also impacted sugar beet production out in the western part of the state. This has resulted in less sugar beets being harvested and also less sugar beet pulp being produced. Some folks that have been counting on sugar beet pulp or have routinely used that as part of their ration now are finding that they're not able to get that, and that's really the focus of this article sharing some perspective on the value of sugar beet pulp, and then what are some alternatives if you can no longer get it? Right. So as you mentioned, the 2019 growing year resulted in a lot of loss of sugar beets, so much so that it even caused a shortage in the byproduct, which is the sugar beet pulp. And the sugar beet pulp is pretty popular for an energy source in western Nebraska, especially gestating cow diets, because um, once that sugar is removed, then that byproduct is high in fiber, but it's a highly digestible fiber. And so it gives the sugar beet pulp about a TDN of 85-90%, um, which is a very good energy source. It would be similar to corn in TDN, actually. And the crude protein value of sugar beet pulp is about 10%. So it certainly is a nice energy source to be able to put into beef cattle diets in the winter when we're on low-quality forage diets to begin with. And so um, I've had a lot of producers call and say, well, I'm not going to be able to get my beet pulp this year. You know, What can I do? So the point of the article was to talk about some alternatives that could be substituted in beef cattle diet if um, sugar beet pulp is not available. And so one of the things that we may have more of this year in the valley than we normally do, and again, because of adverse weather patterns, is that we may have a lot more corn silage in the valley. Some of that is probably corn silage that was grown specifically for the purpose of putting it up as silage. And some of it may be corn that was intended for grain production and then through the canal breach or hailstorms or whatever may have ended up as corn silage. And so if we have well-preserved good quality corn silage, it can often be 65 to 70% TDN and about 9% crude protein. And so it can be a nice component of a diet to add some energy, but it's not really a, a one-to-one replacement for sugar beet pulp. Part of that is because the moisture content is less in the silage than the the beet pulp and so we have to account for that and then the energy is not quite the same either so it's not really going to be replaced in the diet at a one-to-one ratio but it could certainly be used to replace some of the hay and then some of the the beet pulp and come up with a similar diet that people are used to feeding to their cows so obviously when we move from sugar beet pulp to silage, there's a little bit of change also in the energy source that's there. The beet pulp would be primarily a fiber-based sugar energy source, where when we move to corn silage, we're going to be dealing with some starch as part of that ration. Give some perspective on anything we should be aware of if we're thinking about substituting corn silage in the place of beet pulp. So if we're going to have really good quality silage that might have been silage that was, was grown and put up 
with the intent of it being corn silage all along. It could easily be, you know, 50% corn in there. And so there could be more starch to that. And when we put more starch in a fiber-based diet, we need to put more protein into that diet so that the bacteria in the rumen have nitrogen available to utilize that energy. And so there are different microbes in the rumen that digest starch than digest the fiber that would be in the beet pulp. So we need to make sure that we have plenty of protein in that diet to do that. That may not be as big of an issue if the silage that we're using maybe doesn't have that much corn in it because it maybe got hail damage or something like that. And so it might not um, be as high a quality. And so I think it's important that we evaluate take samples and send them into a commercial laboratory before we get to balancing rations and make sure that we have a pretty good idea of what the nutrient content is of the feedstuffs that we're going to use is really going to be. One of the things you mentioned in the article is that some of these beets that were damaged by the freeze and are not going to be able to be processed now are also being coming available as a possible feed source. And so folks are starting to, or in many cases already have been using some of these beets that are not going to go into the sugar beet production chain and and chopping those and then mixing them with some other feed as a feed resource. Give some perspective on how that might fit in this scenario and maybe some management practices we need to think about if we have access to some chopped beets to try to get those to last as long as we can. Last month we did do a podcast and an article on using the sugar beets and so I would encourage people to refer back to that January issue on that because we did cover some some things related to using those but that is another alternative that is available and there are quite a few beets that are rotting and, and so they're not going to be used for sugar and so they are available to producers and uh, you do not have to have had a beet pulp contract to get these sugar beets and so they can be a good source of energy as well they too are about 90 percent TDN and I, I hesitate to say that. Let me let me clarify that that the really good beets are the longer this issue goes on and once you start chopping them up and sugars really start oozing out of them that TDN is going to drop on us a little bit. But you know ways to preserve that sugar would be to mix it with some straw or poor quality hay and let those sugars soak into that forage resource and then feed that combination and then we can preserve that. The one thing with the sugar beets rather than the sugar beet pulp is that the protein content of those is only about four and a half percent. So we talked about adding some protein if we were going to use some starch we certainly need to add some protein if we're going to be feeding the, the straight sugars as well because that's going to be low. So that's an, an opportunity to uh, maximize on that loss there as well, but we really need to try to get those uh, sugars preserved as quickly as we can, mixing them with something because once we start losing all that sugar running out into the ground, then they're obviously not worth as much to the animal. And the other thing that we need to be careful with now that these beets have been moved around a couple of times and they've been chopped up and now they're being moved again is that all that sticky sugar is going to pick up some dirt. And so we could get some high ash content in these sugar beets. And so one thing that we can do to kind of combat that being a dietary issue for the cattle eating it would be to make sure that we limit the 
actual sugar beet to no more than 20% of the dry matter of the actual diet to try to not overfeed ash content. Lots of alternatives that we can do, but, but it, this has just been a year that has certainly required a lot of um, game-changing punting and audibling, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, certainly has been a challenging year on a number of fronts, and so we're hoping 2020, obviously, as we're into that, presents a little different scenario. But as we point towards wrapping up, Dr. Wilkie, anything else you'd like to add or highlight in terms of people who are thinking about alternatives as they maybe aren't able to get this sugar beet pulp they've planned on? I would encourage people to contact their extension office and get some assistance with some ration balancing and to access these articles and podcasts that you and I have worked on the last two, three months so that they have some good ideas of how to maybe preserve sugar beets if they get that or substitutions that might work for sugar beet pulp and to make sure that they get some assistance in getting those diets put together so that the nutrient content that is required to meet that animal's needs is actually in that diet. And then any little caveats that that might be there for, you know, as we discussed with the sugar beets having some dirt in them and stuff, that they get some assistance putting that in the ration so that we have cautions in place that we don't overfeed some things like that. Well, thanks again for joining me today. Well, thank you for having me. For more information on the article that was discussed in today's Beef Watch podcast, I'd encourage you to visit the February issue of the Beef Watch newsletter, which is available at the beef.unl.ed website. At the website, you will be able to find additional information on utilizing sugar beets as a feed resource for cattle.